I had a few odd things happen to me this weekend. Nothing too dramatic, but some of them worth discussing on this show. A quick update to the Storm Area 51 meme that has come and gone. And then we take a look at the story of Martin Guerrero, a man in France who got accused of stealing grain and disappeared. And then he came back. Or did he? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. I had a great weekend. I went to a toga party. Toga, toga. Dressed as a Care Bear. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to make a toga. Couldn't get it right. I just wrapped a silk sheet or satin sheet. Sheet. Sheet, not a sheet. There's like this Middle Eastern oil baron wrapped around my waist. I wrapped a satin sheet around my waist. So I was just like, that's a toga. I was wearing a Care Bear onesie. I go to this party. Baller status, guys. Baller status. Here's a little tip. Here's a little tip for your Halloween costumes. Wear materials girls like to touch. Because you'll be getting touched all the time. Girl, ah, look at me. I'm a big old Care Bear. Now, everyone might not be able to pull off the Care Bear. I think you guys can. I think you guys can. So anyways, I had my suit of a million, million touches. And I hung out with some really good friends. And rigged a... Toga contest, so my friend won, and she was really happy. She said she'd never won a popularity contest before. Aww. So cute. Anyways, why am I talking about this? Am I humble bragging? A little bit. And am I giving you advice on your Halloween costumes? You betcha. But this also has to do with Dead Rabbit Radio. It has to do with spooky paranormal... It's paranormal, well, stuff. It has to do with Dead Rabbit Radio stuff. First off... I'm sitting at this, it's at the Elks Lodge, so, ooh, spooky, Masons, conspiracy. It's at the Elks Lodge, and I'm talking to this this chick, and she's just completely hammered. So at a certain point, I'm kind of getting bored of talking to her, because you can't keep a sentence going. So I turn, and I'm watching the television, and a commercial comes on for Terminator Dark Fate. And I go, this is going somewhere. <laughs> this is me just talking about what happens at the bar. I'm looking at the television for Terminator Dark Fate, and I go... What? That movie already came out. That movie came out like two months ago, and it came and went, and it got like 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, and no one really cared about it, and it it made like half its budget in the opening weekend. It wasn't a huge flop, but it wasn't a huge success. And, and then it said, coming November 1st, and I was like, oh, Mandela effect. I have moved into a reality where Terminator Dark Fate has not come out yet. So I originally was in a reality where Terminator Dark Fate, the new Terminator movie, Came out a couple months ago, and then I got ran over by a bulldozer or a steamroller, which would be more apt. I'm much, I could probably outrun a bulldozer. Steamrollers sneak up on you. And then I'm here in this reality. Now, obviously, that's what a madman would think. And that's what a lot of people in conspiracy theory circles think. Mandela effect is you moving from one reality to the other where certain things... I'll tell you why I thought that Terminator Dark Fate came out. This is turning into a plug for that movie. Because I keep saying the whole name. I can tell you why I thought Terminator Dark Fate coming to theaters November 1st came out two months ago was because I could care less about the new Terminator Dark Fate movie coming out November 1st. I could care less. I've seen them all. I'm really tired of the Terminator franchise. Genesis uh, burned me out. I think I would watch a reboot. I would watch a remake. I would watch a Terminator set strictly in the 1980s. But I'm tired of... 
Terminator's the one movie I would probably be fine watching a prequel of. I don't like prequels in general, but I could watch a 1970s version of the Terminator. That would be really interesting. I don't care about the robots punching each other in their current iteration. I want to... I'm done. So this is the thing. People who Mandela Effect stuff... Mandela Effect is because... The reason why that terminology is there is because there are people who swear up and down that Nelson Mandela died in the 80s in prison. And then when Mandela actually died, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, they're like, what? No, they swear up and down he died in prison in the 1980s. And that's why it's called the Mandela Effect. It's this idea that your memories aren't wrong. You're from a universe where your facts are true. And here is my argument for that. The people who believe Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s, I will bet were not huge fans of Nelson Mandela's work. Not saying they were actively trying to stop him. They're like knocking him over. As he's like walking through jail, they're pushing him. And they're like, haha, we're going to make a rumor. I don't think they were following his career closely because then they would have been like oh he's out of prison now like i think that these are people who didn't really care about nelson mandela they knew he was famous and they kind of knew why and then they stopped hearing about him for a while or they just stopped caring and and so i don't care about terminator dark fate coming out it might be a good movie i think it'll be a middling movie i think it'll make middling amount of money it'll have middling reviews on rotten tomatoes and it will disappear into the consciousness and then I will forget that I even recorded this segment. I think it'll be that gray of a thing. I wanted to highlight it, though, because that's how Mandela Effect stuff starts. Because you just don't care in the beginning enough to pay attention. So when someone points something out to you, you go, what? I didn't know that. I thought it was this. And it turns out you really didn't care until someone brought it to your attention in the first place. Now, also, I wanted to say this. I go to the toga party, and I'm hanging out there. And I'm talking to a different girl at this point, and all these girls are my friends. I'm not, like, super pimp. I'm kind of pimp, but I'm not, like, super pimp, right? But I'm talking to this other girl, and she's pretty drunk, too, but not as bad as the first one. The first one was... Anyways, talking to this girl, she's a friend of mine, and all of a sudden... I don't know how many people have been in an Elks Lodge. I've been warned by people over the years, dude, don't go to Elk Lodges, don't go to Mason buildings and stuff like that. Like, even for fun, even go there to drink or to play pool or whatever, don't do it. I was like, why not? And they're like, just don't. And then they just, just like, mysteriously vanish in front of me. (sighs) Turn into a flock of birds and fly away. I was like, oh, I always wondered what Susan was up to. She was just a flock of birds. So, I've been told that for a long time. Anyways, I go to, I've been to this Elks Lodge quite a few times. We're sitting there, watch, I'm probably breaking some sort of elk law saying this. I'm going to get killed. I'm sitting there, Jenny's sitting next to me. We're at the bar. And she's going on about something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Probably something about her, because she talks about herself all the time. And I'm starting to hear a low murmur through the crowd. There's maybe about like 40 people in the area we're at. I start to hear this low murmur through the crowd, right? And Jenny's still like, yeah, so anyways, if you look at my hair, and then like this bracelet I made, and I'm, I'm just here like this. And it's growing. This murmur is growing. And I can't figure out what, what, what they're saying. But I start to pick up that there is there is some sort of chant going on. And I'm at this point going, Jenny, shh, shh, trying to get her shirt. And she's like, yeah. And so anyways, like, if you look at the hem of this dress, I'm like, I think we're about to get eaten, dude. Like, you need to be quiet. And as 
she's finally starting to calm down, we hear this. The golden hour of recollection. The homecoming of those who wander. The mystic roll call of those who will come no more. Living or dead, an elk is never forgotten, never forsaken. Morning and noon may pass him by. The light of day sink heedlessly in the west. But ere the shadow of midnight shall fall, the chimes of memory will be peeling forth the friendly message. To our absent members. And everyone takes a drink. And I'm like, what is going on? So apparently, at 11 p.m. on the dot, this this chant starts. Which it would have been, I would have been fine with. And I am fine with, it's just a tradition, but... I would have not have been as petrified if I knew it was coming. Like, if I go there again, I'll be like, but what was super weird, dude, is like, you could hear it. Like, it was a chant. Now, chant, again, like, if you're at a, if you're at a sports arena and they're like, go team, and it's like 10,000 people going, go team. There's nothing spooky about that, right? But if you're in a dark, if you're in a dark building, you know, a, really, you know, five people, the five girls you came with who really want to be able to like fight their way out. If these guys all of a sudden grab forks and knives and tried eating us, you're in a dark, dingy, I shouldn't say dingy. You're in a very, very nice establishment, but it is dark. There's been a lot of drinking. Everyone's wearing togas and you hear a bunch of chanting and you can tell everyone is quiet and somber except for the girl sitting next to you who's talking very, very loudly about her personal appearance. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. If they all turn to me and point, this is not going to be a good night. But they didn't. And I did go home and figure out why they did that. I didn't go home immediately. I was like, see you later, ladies. I got a mystery to solve. The next morning, I looked it up. They do it at 11 p.m. It's this weird thing because back in the day, there was a curfew at 11. Every fire had to be put out at 11 p.m. So that way you couldn't stay up all night and plot against the king. Ah, King George. It's not like people can't talk in the dark. But I guess in olden times, if the fire was out, you would freeze. So... Anyways, that's where the term the 11th hour comes from. Because they'd be like, you know, they have until the 11th hour to get back. The ball, whatever, sports thing, go team. And so anyways, it's from that. And so back when Mason Lodges were being started, they go, we should do something at 11. Just like kind of some king thing. Because we're kind of like underground still. I don't know. Anyways, it was weird and creepy. I don't even remember what the other stories I was going to talk about. Let's see here. You're like, Jason, you just wanted to talk about Togo Party. I did. I did. I did want to talk about Togo Party. Something else weird happened. Oh, dude. So this, this was the Area 51 thing. So I was on 4chan today. Um, You know, people go, you don't really go to, you don't really cover 4chan stuff anymore. I go, yeah, it's because a lot of it isn't, it's, there's not a lot of good stuff on there anymore. It kind of goes in, in waves. You really have to dig for this stuff. So anyways, I am, I still look, I still look for interesting stuff. I found this. Now... This is going to take a little bit of a leap of faith, but it's pretty brief. So, and I, I did not cover the Area 51 storm, Area 51 story. I felt that it was pretty well covered in the mainstream media. There wasn't a lot I could add to it. I kept looking for different angles to it, and I couldn't find anything. Like, everything I could come across was pretty mainstream. I couldn't find anything relevant. 
I like to talk about obscure stuff, but here we go. This is something that I've seen nowhere else. So on 4chan, there's currently a Prussian news article. It's a couple of paragraphs written in Prussian on this thread on 4chan that has maybe like 12 responses. It's not linked to an article in a Prussian magazine, but it seems that it should be. So let me read you... I'm not going to read you the whole thing, and I'm definitely not going to read it in Prussian. There is an English translation, and the three-fourths of it is all information we already know. Storm Area 51 was a meme that was started, and people were going to show up at Area 51, do a Naruto run, and then it just became like a big joke, and they were going to have like alien Woodstock, but that got shut down because there was no infrastructure around that area. All basic stuff, right? And then it goes into... Someone wanted to use the term alien stock, and then someone else wanted to use that, and that was like a legal battle. But anyways, here we go with the interesting thing. On the day of the event, about 150 people were reported to have shown up at the entrance to Area 51, with two succeeding in entering the site. An estimated 1,500 attended the related festival. So in the area, you had about 1,500 people. You had 150 people at the Storm Area 51 designated, quote-unquote, location, and two succeeded in entering the site. Okay. Seven arrests were made for trespassing, including one for alcohol-related reasons and one for indecent exposure. That was probably someone urinating. You can get a, you can get a sex crime rap if you urinate in public and the wrong cop comes around the corner or just a citizen sees you. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to do that. Anyways, three remain at large. Whereabouts unknown. Dubbed Lincoln County War Criminals, Billy the Kid, Charlie Beaudry, and Doc Skurlock. So the implication is that there's three people out there, and we don't know the real names. They're going by the names of these Western outlaws. Either they've chosen these names for themselves, or someone else has chosen these names for them. And this is being reported on a Prussian website, or someone wrote a Prussian write-up of this specifically for 4chan, because there's no links for anything here. This simply exists as its own thing, and then you have these two little paragraphs. And then after that, you just have pictures of tea tunnels, like a tunnel, pictures of tunnel beams... Where it's like a a stick and then two sticks holding that stick up. And there's a picture of rocks. And there's like a rock and two rocks holding that up. And then there's photos of the three real-life Western outlaws. I don't know what this is. The whole start of this is... This is what this thread is called. G-Wiz Deep. And that has to be a code for something. Or it has to be some funny joke. I don't get it. G-Wiz Deep. Seven arrested. Two are inside. New. Many. Photos and documents are uploaded. Today, 30 days, the Prussians made it in. Anniversary, one month now. Storm Area 51, they can't stop all of us. And then there's some photos. and some, I, I, have, I don't really know what to make of this thread. It's really, really bizarre. Part of me thinks it's a code for something. Someone's trying to communicate information to somebody else. And they're writing it in this way. And it, I, we've talked about that before on the show. A lot of times intelligence agencies or drug smuggling agencies or criminal organizations or whatever, or even people just running an ARG, will write stuff that seems like nonsense to normal people. But if you have the key code, you go, oh, I'm supposed to be in 
Libsyn tomorrow because of this nonsense. The T-Beams is telling me where to go, what street to go, and all this stuff. That's possible, but very, very far-fetched. It's also possible that someone's totally making it up and they happen to be fluent in Prussian, or it's a group of guys and they're like, let's start this fake rumor that there's still two people running around in Area 51 and there's three other people that have never been found, so are they captured? Are they still running around the base? Who knows? Could be that. It could be true. And, and it, one of the things I've come across a lot on this show is we will do articles, we'll read articles and investigate these stories, and then it just ends. And stuff that happened like five, six years ago, I'll be like, oh, I wonder if that guy was ever found guilty, and I'll dig and dig and dig, and there was nothing. Because once the event is over, it's like, no, people stop doing follow-up articles. It's really, really bizarre. It's part of that clickbaity thing, like when Storm Area 51 was a meme... People were putting it in all their headlines. What does Storm Area 51 mean for the Big Bang Theory? Like, you put it in your headlines to get that meme. And then once it's over, people stop covering it. And I think that's where we're at now. So it's most likely that some guys are making this up and it's a funny joke. But it'll be interesting to see if there is something going on at that base. Or you have people that have been detained and not released. Been detained and we don't even know their real names. This even makes the story even more complicated because they are running around a U.S. secured U.S. military base. So, what we'll see, I would love to say we'll keep you updated, but who knows? I don't even know what this is. It could just be a bizarro code that some guys have figured out or made up. I don't think I have time for the Martin Guerrero story. Let's go ahead and do. Let's go ahead and do this one. You know, this is one I've had on the docket for months and it's i just really knew never knew where to fit it so we'll fit it here and it actually kind of fits with the martin guerrero story let's go ahead and hop in the carpenter copter get your togas on boys we're headed out east or west we're headed out west from oregon get on get on togas getting caught in the rotor blades i'm like we're leaving you behind dude you're like ah getting chopped up Sorry. Everyone else, get on, get on. All the other listeners but you are now on the carpenter copter. You're like, Jason, this sucks. Now you're just like floating above as a ghost. So you have ghost powers. We're flying to China. The year is 1937. So not a good time to be living in China. Because the Japan Empire, the Japan dudes are just stomping all over China. They absolutely hate China. And China hates Japan for good reason. I don't know why the Japanese hated China to begin with, but they did with a furious, fiery passion. And so they was is not, basically it was not a good time to be Chinese in China. Japan was invading. Now, the year is 1937. There's, this story takes place in Nanking, which if you are a historian or just a, have a passing knowledge of World War II, Nanking was an even worse place to be as Japan was coming in. The rape of Nanking was horrible. I remember when I was planning this topic, because I've had it for a while, I started researching the rape of Nanking, and I was like, oh, maybe I could do a... Nope. Nope. Super gross. I mean, some of the most barbaric stuff you could think of a human doing to another human happened in Nanking. Absolutely awful. And... I read an article once, and I haven't been able to find this. And again, I read this article back like in 97 or something like that. I read this article and it said, on the 50th or, it must have been the 60th anniversary of the rape of Nanking, 
a bunch of Japanese... The Rape of Nan King... I guess this is a Rape of Nan King episode. The Rape of Nan King is what it says, where they went in and they just brutally raped a bunch of women. They're also just shooting women, children, civilians, men, women. I guess I already said that. They're just shooting people in the street, bashing their heads in with the butts of rifles, stabbing them with bayonets, raping them. It was a horror... I mean, that is me... That's a whitewash of how bad it was. But anyways... In 1997, a bunch of Japanese businessmen said, hey, you know what would be so funny to do? They go to Nanking, which is in China. So just so we're clear. Japanese businessmen, 60th anniversary of Nan or 50th anniversary is one of those two. It was the anniversary of the rape of Nanking. A bunch of Japanese businessmen rent out an entire floor of the most expensive hotel in Nanking and then hire every prostitute in Nanking, and they have a massive orgy on the anniversary of the rape of Nanking in the city of Nanking. Now, I don't know how true that... I read that story, like, 15, 20 years ago, and I was trying to find it again, and I don't... I wasn't able to find it, so that story may be fake news, but I did read that. Anyways, long story short, Japanese people do not like the Chinese, and at this point, it's vice versa. 1937, let's do this story. There are 3,000 Chinese soldiers who are ordered to guard an area around Nanking. Because Japanese are just stomping everything. And they're like, you guys need to get over there. You guys need to set up right here. You're going to guard this place. Okay, you division, you go over here, you go over here, and so on and so forth. And so December 9th rolls around, right? And you have all of these divisions, all of these troops scattered around the area surrounding Nanking. The Japanese have not gotten there yet. But what happens is December 9th rolls around, People are talking. Did they have walkie-talkies back then? They had radios. So people are like, shh, over. Hey, Alpha Team. We'll call them Alpha Team. I don't know what they were. Alpha Team. Alpha Team. Are you there? Shh. Yeah, yeah, we're here. And they're like, okay, shh. And they would, people would talk. They'd do the rounds. But by December 9th, they'd pick up, Division would pick up the line and go, shh, Alpha Team, Alpha Team, report. Shh. Alpha Team, shh. Alpha Team, report. So people are very, very nervous. That this whole group, they're not getting any answer from these guys. They're thinking, is to have have they been assaulted? Is the attack started? What's going on? Send some scouts out. You two, you guys look fast. You guys run out there or take a jeep. This isn't the ancient Greece. Guys, get in a jeep. They're like, oh, that's much better. They get in a jeep. The scouts go to where these three thousand troops were situated. There's nobody there. It's completely empty. Scouts are looking around and they're like, uh, this isn't good. They radio back. Hey, yeah, we're here, but they aren't. You guys might want to come out and take a look at this. So they send out CSI, Combat Scene Investigation. Bunch of guys walking around with suits, sunglasses. They're like, hey, shouldn't you be in like an actual uniform and prepared to fight the Japanese? They're like, shut up, an investigation. They're reaching down. They're like rubbing dirt between their fingers and they're like, ah, yes. I don't, I don't know. I've never watched CSI. I just know the memes. I don't know exactly what they do on this show. But anyways, he's rubbing dirts. Rubbing dirt between his fingers. The other people are like actually doing an investigation. This is what they find. All the weapons are still there. So, you know what's funny? All the weapons were there. I wonder where their vehicles were. That might be a little clue. But anyways, <laughs> that's, that solves the mystery. All their weapons were there, but every land vehicle had mysteriously disappeared. Anyways, all their weapons were there. Other troops, like, you know, because you have this ring of defense around the city, other 
uh, groups of soldiers said, well, we didn't see any any fighting over there. We didn't hear any fighting. And we didn't see a bunch of people leave. And then, of course, things get a little more complicated when the Japanese Imperial Army just <laughs> crashes over Nanking like a tidal wave. So at that point, they really aren't worried about what happened to these 3,000 dudes. Like, full-on World War II has hit China, the city of Nanking, it's block-to-block fighting, and eventually the government of China is just like, I give up. Not as a government, but the city, they just kind of pulled out of the city, and the Japanese just went to town, just smashing in people's heads. It was a horrible thing. Now, I could be a little off on the detail, not the smashing the heads, they did that, but I, like I said, I researched this quite a few months ago, and I'm pretty sure that's how it went out, that eventually they were doing block-to-block fighting, and the Chinese government just said, we got to pull out. I remember there was a couple Westerners there that were trying to, like, it was, it's actually a fascinating story, but... There was a people there trying to negotiate, like, make this a safe zone. Like, can we get all of the civilians here for a safe zone? And the Japanese are like, yeah. And the Chinese are like, yeah. And then they all went in the safe zone. And the Japanese just went in there and just was... It it just smashed people's heads open. It was brutal. But that is a different podcast totally. You can listen to Hardcore History or something like that. If you want to hear about people getting bayoneted in the uterus... Because that's what happened. And then, let's get back. So the war's over now. Japan gets stomped out of China. A couple bombs dropped on them. They get just pushed back to a little tiny island in the middle of the ocean. And so China goes, hey, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you did a bunch of messed up stuff. But whatever happened to those 3,000 troops? And the Japanese go, what? You have to be a little more specific than that. We killed a lot of people over there. And they're like, yeah. But there was 3,000 troops outside of Nanking, and they just disappeared. Like, what happened to them? The Japanese go through all their logs, and they go, we don't know. We actually never engaged in a uh, fight at that particular time, in that particular area. So we had nothing to do with it. I've always thought it was weird how militaries keep track of stuff. Like... We've done a couple of shows about boats, and they have ships logs, and I, I guess I get at that, but what do you write in the log? There was more water around me today. There was a fight over a loaf of bread. Like, what do you put in this stuff, and then why do you keep it? Like, after the war, why does Japan have a book saying, oh, here's, here's our book of atrocities. It's a scrapbook. Like, just burn all that stuff. Why do they keep logs? And I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure somebody in the military could be like, oh, it's because we like writing. And it's an outlet for our creativity. I don't know. But anyways, Japan goes through their logs and they're like, they're like atrocities A through F and they're flipping through it. And they're like, yeah, no, you're not in here. So there's some theories about what this was, what this was. Some people say that it was a time slip. You have a group of people, 3,000 troops, that basically Mandela affected out. That would actually be a convenient time to Mandela effect. You go to a timeline where Japan is not about to invade your country. They're like, oh, this is beautiful. There's been theories about a time slip. There's been theories about mass alien abduction. I think they have a hard enough time getting one person. 3,000 people would be kind of hard to abduct. I thought it was interesting because a long time ago we did an episode about the Black Bamboo Forest and the Stones Gate. 
in this mystical, weird, it's real life forest, it's super spooky, and the guards, not the guards, the guides will only take you so far in the forest. There's a massive stone gate, and there's story after story of China sending in explorers and survey teams and stuff like that, and they'll cross Stone's Gate, and then they won't come back, or they'll feel like they're being whisked away to another dimension or something like that. This place is only 20... A bike vehicle is only 21 hours away from the Black Bamboo Forest. And there was a story of troops during the Mao Revolution that were loyal to the capitalist government or whatever they had over there, they went beyond the Stone Gate. And that was the name of that episode. I recommend checking it out. But they went beyond the Stone Gate and they never got found again. So it's possible that these 3,000 troops also did that. But but what's even more interesting is... Actually, it's not. It's less interesting. But what's even less interesting is that some people say this story is not true at all. That it's a local legend. Now, when I look at my articles for this story, of where I got this from, because I had heard this pop up a couple times. Some of them are mystical websites. Message2eagle.com is a website I've gone to a lot. They do a lot of unexplained stuff. But then we have War History Online, which is more of a mainstream website where they talk about, surprise, war history online. So it's kind of a legend that's been going around for a while. And I've got this article from multiple sites, but some people say that this is the first clue that it's fake, is that some people say the story takes place in 1939. So that makes it way after the Battle of Nanking, and so that makes it even a little more suspicious. But there's a possibility that it's just a retroactive legend that none of it happened, there were no 3,000 troops in that area, and, and no one ever asked the Japanese if they had any records on it, and it's just completely made up, it's fake. But if you are going to disappear right before a massive battle, is the time that you could see doing that? It's an interesting story to think about, because what we have, if let's assume that it's true for a moment, what we have is a mass disappearance, and we'll get those on the high seas, Bermuda Triangle type stuff, but 3,000 soldiers simply leaving their posts, never to be seen again. It's not like these people popped up after the war or anything like that. And shortly before the rape of Nanking, so this supposedly happened on December 9th, and later in December was when the siege started. It's an interesting time to go missing. Imagine that you are a young Chinese man, you're conscripted into the military, And one night, when you're just ready to do your job, you're terrified of what's coming. You don't know if you're prepared for the combat. But one night, there is a flash of light, and you're abducted. You and every soldier that you've bonded with over the past few months of training, you have been abducted by aliens. Or teleported to another dimension, another timeline, where you are the alien. December 9th, 1937 in China would be the only time that you would prefer to be in the hands of alien captors. Because what was happening back on Earth to your own people was more horrible than any alien intelligence could ever conceive. What we do to each other as a species would even leave them speechless. 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.